It's great to be here, and uh, I've just had a couple of great days with Jez up in Sidcup. We went to a couple of days of prayer with a bunch of other church leaders from all over Europe, from Italy and France and Germany, and there was guys there from uh, Zimbabwe, and it's just encouraging to be praying for the various churches that we're, we're a part of. And so uh, just over that two-day period, um, we prayed, and we had just a great time together, and I love hanging out with Jez as well. And uh, you guys are blessed to have him as, uh, as your church pastor. So uh, I'm going to continue in on our um, Essence series. This is the last week of that. We've had, uh, I think, a 10- or 11-week series as we just talked about our identity in Jesus what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be uh, a son or a daughter of the King of Kings, the very essence of, of who we are as children of God. We're, not, we're no longer called sinners, but we are saints. We're no longer servants, but we're friends, uh, and we're children of God. So we've been drawn right in to a relationship with God. And today we're going to be looking at the whole uh, subject of prayer. Now, this is a huge subject, and so uh, there's no way I'm going to better touch on everything, but I want to just scratch the surface on some things. And, um, and I love the fact that prayer is in a series that talks about who we are in Christ and the essence of what it means to be a Christian. And the, and the reason it is, is because prayer is all about communication with our Father. That's what prayer is. And uh, just recently, I read some prayers of, of little children, and it's always great fun reading prayers of kids. So I thought I'd just share a few with you just to kick off uh, our time together this morning. So these are some prayers that I read recently. Dear God, maybe Cain and Abel would not kill each other so much if they had their own bedrooms. It works okay for me and my brother. Dear God, thank you for my baby brother, but I did ask for a puppy. <laughs> Dear God, please take care of daddy, mummy, sister, brother, and doggy. And please take care of yourself, because anything happens to you, we're in a real mess. Dear God, if you can't make me a better boy, then don't worry about it. I'm having a great time as I am. You know, at the very heart and core of who we are with God is a relationship. It's the best relationship ever. And prayer, as we start to touch the subject this morning is about our communication with an incredibly loving and faithful Father. So we're going to carry on in our, uh, in our studies through the book of Colossians, which have served us really well over the last uh, few weeks. And um, we're following on in chapter 4, uh, verses 2 to 4, just a short passage 
which I'm going to use as a springboard into just the rest of uh, our time together this morning. So Colossians 4, 2 to 4, and great, the words are there. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And Jez last week spoke about what it meant to be thankful, to be people of thanksgiving. And, uh, and so here we are, we've got Paul reminding us again here in this chapter, at the beginning of this chapter, I want you to be watchful in your prayer, but I also want you to pray with gratitude. I want you to be thankful in your prayers and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And today we'll dig into this short passage, and I want to look at prayer in three ways. I want to look at prayer as relationship. I want to look at prayer as dependence. And then I want to look at prayer as involvement in God's mission. And so... um, But right at the beginning, I just want to look at what is prayer. So when we say we're going to pray, what does that mean? And uh, I recently read that John Piper um, said in response to that question, what is prayer? Prayer is asking God for things. It's simply that, asking God for things. By things, I don't mean just objects or stuff. I mean generally whatever our heart desires or needs. And of course, what our heart needs most is God. To know Him, to trust Him, to love Him, and to live for Him. And prayer is the offering of our desires to God with a thankful attitude. Hey, there's a whole bunch of desires in this room. And God is interested in knowing what they are. He already does know them, but he loves it when we pray. In fact, it says in Proverbs uh, uh, chapter 15 and verse 8 that God delights in our prayers. So God delights in our prayers. So basically, God loves it when we ask him for things. That's what prayer prayer is all about, is we're asking God for things, and somehow our asking God for things, God actually likes and, um, and I don't know, as parents, there's a bunch of parents in this room, but there comes a point when your children keep coming up to you and asking for the same thing. At the, at the beginning, you think, actually, yeah, I'm, I like this. I like the fact that they're dependent on me. But after about 20 times, you get fed up with that, don't you? But God never gets fed up with our asking him for things. And, uh, and so we're going to look at some of that. And so um, I want to just briefly look at the Lord's Prayer in our, in our study on prayer this morning. So who can remember the words of the Lord's Prayer? I'm sure most of us have tackled it at school. It's been taught in our religious education uh, lessons. And so who wants to have a go with it with me? Yeah, there's a few hands. Come on, okay, let's see if we can do it. We've got to do it from the King James Version because that's how we've all learnt it. We've all learnt it 
from the King James Version. So, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You don't need me. Isn't it amazing? We learned that prayer when most of us when we were kids, and we still remember it. And um, and we still say it in the King James version, which I think is interesting. But what's the first line of that prayer? Our, our Father. And this is Jesus. He was saying to the followers that were around him, his disciples. And he said, I want to teach you how to pray. And when you pray, pray like this. Our Father. I just love the fact that when Jesus is teaching us how to pray, he's saying our Father. His Father and our Father. So when we pray, we're coming to our Father. And I think that's amazing because that all of a sudden brings a whole new dimension to prayer. When we're coming to God, we're coming not only to this, we're not coming to an obscure being, we're coming to a a heavenly Father who has power beyond measure. He lives in heaven, his kingdom is glorious, it's over all, and he is in full control. And we're coming to him as our dad, as our father. I have two sons, one of them is 29 now, it's going to be 30. This year, I know you're all looking at me and thinking, no way has he got children that are 30 years old. Uh, but believe it or not, I have. And, um, and uh, you, know, uh, you know what? That, um, I have his picture on my phone when he calls. It's a really goofy picture. But you know, when my 29-year-old son calls, I absolutely love it. I just see his picture come up on the phone that got there, Dan Thorpe. And I get, it's like my heart rate starts to increase and I get super excited. Everybody has to stop. I need to answer this this call because this is my son. He's calling me. And um, just a a couple of months before uh, Christmas, my 29-year-old son, who's now living in London, he's got a great job in the center of London, and he's got a beautiful wife who we got on, get on really well with. And if any of you parents here, that's the thing that you want when you pray for your sons or your daughters. You just pray that you will get on with them. <laughs> and, um, and so he called us up, uh, called me up a couple of months before Christmas and you know we just had a bit of small talk how you doing what's you know what's the weather like in London you know like you do as British people and um, and then he got on to the the main reason why he was calling and he said hey dad uh, me and Amy are thinking of buying a new car I said oh okay great that sounds great dad let me tell you all, you, all about it dad so he's going through the make and the model and the color and, the, and, and telling me about this car that he, he wants to buy. And, um, and I'm not surprised because the car that he was driving around in was a wreck. And, um, and so he said, um, Dad, what do you think? Do you, do you think this is a good deal? And I'm thinking like, wow, my 
My 29-year-old son, he's saying, hey, Dad, do you think this is... He's asking for my advice. He's got me involved in his life. I'm thinking, wow, this is great. I thought that all finished when he, when he left home. But no, he's still calling me. And, and he's not just calling me to, just to see how I am, but he's calling me to ask my advice. <laughs> so I'm super excited. So I'm saying, look, Dan, what's the warranty like? What about the mileage? Is it, is it like, what's the road tax on it? Is it, on a, is it in a really low band of road tax? And he's saying, yes, yeah, I mean, it's all that. And I'm saying, that sounds great. It sounds, it sounds good. And, uh, and anyway, uh, and he said to me, well, Dad, do you think I should buy it? And, I, and then I just asked him one final question. And I said, uh, Does, uh, do you and Amy have a piece about it? And he said, I think we do. I said, I'd buy it. And so he, he, he put the phone down. And I'm still excited the fact that he called me. And I'm excited also he's going to get a new car. And I'm thinking, I never had a new car until I was, you know, a lot older. I was running around this old beaten up red Fiesta. And, um, and, then, and then Lynn and I, we just had a quick chat. And, um, and I said, you know what? I think we should give him some money towards it. We'd just been left a little bit of inheritance. And we thought, well, let's... Maybe we could give him some money towards the car. So we agreed on an amount, and uh, we texted him through. We said, hey, Dan, we want to give you some money towards the car. And, uh, and then just a few moments later, he just texts back, you are the best parents in the whole world. <laughs> and I'm never going to delete that message off my phone because he said, Dad, Mom, you're the best parents. I mean, I thank you so much for the money, but wow, wow. And, um, and just like, you know what I'm feeling? I'm feeling like this praise. Now, not only is he thankful, but he's now telling us that we are the best parents in the whole world. And I started to think that's exactly how God thinks about us when we involve him. In our lives, when he's right there in the center and we're asking him for things and we're dependent and we've got relationship with him. And then when he blesses us and and we just praise him, we thank you, God, for your blessing on our life. And uh, it it was so exciting when Dan and Amy came down for Christmas because they parked outside our house with the new car and and they said hey dad come on come inside and sit in it and he's got everything he's got he's got that bluetooth nonsense and and he's got sat navigation and I'm thinking this is amazing and and I'm involved in it and you know what when we pray and we come and we say our father We're coming to our Father, our Dad, who wants to hear from us, who longs and loves it, not just for the big things, but for every part of our lives. He loves it when we get involved. You know, the essence of who God oozes relationship. It's who He is. It's not only what He does, it's who He is. You know, the, the whole of who God is, the trinity of who God is, is about relationship. Jesus in relationship with the Father, the Father in relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in relationship with Jesus. This is an incredible example of relationship. And then when he made us, he made us in his image for relationship, not only with one another, but with him. So we're caught up in the trinity, in the trinity when we pray. 
We're coming to our Father. We're coming with the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And so prayer is about relationship. That's why we pray. Why we pray. And in Luke's record of the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11, he goes on to share after he shares those few verses of when he's teaching the disciples to pray. And he says in verse 9 of Luke 11, which I think is going to come up there, he says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, you give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, you will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It's all about relationship with a Father who gives the Holy Spirit the very best to us. And so when we pray, when you, when you pray in future, you're coming to your Father. You're coming out of relationship. Secondly, we come in prayer as dependence, dependence on God. Often a good sign is that we're not doing too good with God is when we stop praying. Because prayer signifies our dependence on Him. Not only do we have this relationship, but we are dependent fully on Him. And um, like all of us as children, we were totally dependent on our parents for their, for their warmth, for their comfort, for the security they brought in our li- that into our lives, the food that we provided, the sustenance, family. That was such a key and important part of our life. But as we grew up, we grew up into independence. And that's where things are different with God. Is when we grow up in God, we grow up to more and greater dependence. When the longer we become Christians, and sometimes we forget about it, but the, the longer we become Christians, we should be growing up. The longer we are Christians, we should be growing up into greater dependence on God. Because our relationship with God is all about total dependence on Him. That's why He says in the prayer that He taught His disciples to pray, Give us this day our daily bread. There was a sense of actually coming before God daily with full and complete dependence on Him. That's why when the children of Israel came out of the land of Egypt and uh, they came through the Red Sea with great uh, victory and they'd been delivered from the oppression of their slavery and their enemies and they came into beyond the Red Sea, they were free and they had this great praise party and celebration for all that God had done for them. And within a few verses in Exodus, within a few moments, it seems that they are quickly complaining and saying, we don't have enough food. At least in Egypt, we had meals to eat. We had things that we could eat. But God, even despite of uh, their, um, their grumbling and their moaning, God says, I will provide them food. And do you know what he did? He, da- he, did, he provided them food daily. And he said, I'll, in the evening I'll send quail. You better have a great meal in the evening together. And in the morning there'll be a mist that'll come up from the ground. And that mist as it disappears will leave like white flakes, manna, 
and you'll eat that on a daily basis. But you're not to keep it until the next day. Just gather as much as you need for today. And if they did keep it overnight, then it would just be full of maggots and infested. And uh, they were told to just eat for the day and God would provide the next day. And that's pure dependence on God. That's having and knowing a dependence. A prayer is about dependence. When we stop praying, we stop depending on God. And so if we're, to de- if we're to pray and know the full essence of what prayer is, prayer is about asking God for things in dependence. But we live in a society where we're so used to everything being there. Everything we need is right where we need it to be. We've got credit cards if we run out of money. We've got online shopping. We've got Tesco's just down the road. We've got everything we need. We don't need God for daily bread. But God wants us to be in a place where we do need Him. We need Him for everything. We need Him for the air that we breathe. We need Him for, for the times that we step out of our comfort zone and we step into His comfort zone and, and we experience Him in places of total dependence. You know, our situation now is comfortable, it's clear, but maybe one day it won't be the same as that. Maybe one day, like refugees that are traipsing across Europe or war zones or areas of the world where things are are tough, where actually dependence on God becomes very real in the day-to-day. And uh, I have a sense that God wants us to come out of our comfort zones into his comfort zone to a place of dependence on him would our prayer life change if God called us out of of our comfort zone into his you know there are people in this room who because of the love their love for God and the compassion for the town that they live in the people they live next door to or the acute need that stares them in the face as a teacher in a school classroom or the plight of refugees or the needs of the homeless or the vulnerability of a 17-year-old girl who has drunk herself stupid and now finds herself prey to to an older man who fancies her or a family where a man has lost his low-paid job and finds himself in need of a a food parcel with the basics for another week, or a 47-year-old woman who has discovered her husband has been having an affair for the last three years and whose kids have moved away from home and no longer has contact with her, who drives to Beachy Head with every intention to jump but somehow ends up talking to a Christian, a Beachy Head chaplain who offers a friendly face, an alternative and possibility of hope for the future. I know that God wants us to be called out of our comfort zones into his so that prayer becomes our involvement in his mission. And so prayer is about relationship, it's about dependence, and prayer is about involvement in God's purposes. And and that's when our dependence increases because when God calls us into his ways and his mission, then our need of him grows and increases 
Actually, the line in the prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, becomes super real when we're stepping out of our comfort zone into his comfort zone. I've had the privilege um, over the last few weeks of being involved in an outreach program in Eastbourne called The Hub, which is a, a youth club, about two years ago. This small life group in, in the shi- who were meeting in the Shinewater area of Eastbourne, just ordinary bunch of guys, just, just in time of prayer felt that uh, they were to reach out to the kids on their estate. And, uh, and some of the situations and family circumstances of those kids on the Shinewater estate is, is, is not easy. It's not straightforward. It's complex. And, um, but they felt that they were to start a youth club this, this small group of kind of a mixed bag of people, they, in their prayers, they started to feel, I think God's calling us out of our comfort zone. We should start this youth club. And, uh, and for two years, they started, and three people came. Maybe four, three. It was just a couple, you know, a few kids would come every week. But then all of a sudden, as they just keep praying, because they still felt God was, was telling them to do this. This is what they were meant to do. Uh, despite the circumstances, they carried on. Every Friday night, they would meet at half six. The kids would arrive at quarter to seven. And it was just three, four kids that that came along. And then, just a few months ago, all of a sudden, there was nine kids. And then 15 kids. And then when I was there on Friday night, this Friday night gone, there were 25 kids that gathered there on a Friday night. And these kids... uh, they just come in, they love this, this hour that they spend just there playing pool and doing all these things. And, and you know, they meet in this, it's just a shack, it's just a hut. It's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a, a comfortable environment. There's, you know, the heating levels are pretty low. And, uh, uh, and basically it's used as a football club kind of room. And, uh, and um, it's not great. But these kids come in every week. And then a couple of months ago, um, one of the guys on the, on the team said, I don't know, I just think we should have a prayer bucket for kids that could, could come and put their prayers in if they wanted to. I know we're not, you're not preaching at all with them, but I just think we should make them more aware of, of God. And, uh, and they thought, well, maybe this is what we could do. We could plonk this prayer bucket uh, in the corner of the room. So when the kids gathered, that we'd make them aware of it, but we weren't going to preach at them. And so there was a sign, if you want us to pray for you, just leave your prayer. And it was just like one of those big Haribo tubs. You know those big Haribo tubs that you, you buy for, for Halloween so you can give the kids that come to your door something? And so they had this big tub, and they cut a little slit out the top, and they just put prayer bucket in the corner. And then I was there a couple of weeks ago when the first time that they'd had this prayer bucket. And, uh, and at the end of the night, it was a crazy night. The kids were just like, I don't know, they were crazy. And, uh, but at the end of the night, we tipped the prayer bucket. There was three prayers in there, three prayer requests from these kids. And we thought, oh gosh, these kids seem so hard. Why could they ever cry out to God? Please pray for me. My grand's dying. Please pray. My mum and dad are splitting up. 
And all of a sudden, this two-year-old vision, through prayer and through God, then this group of people wanting to be involved in God's mission, just as they were praying, they stepped out of their comfort zone into God's comfort zone. And in God's comfort zone, they found that prayer, their prayer life came alive because they were on the edge because they were doing something out of their comfort zone. There are people here, I know that God is, is calling you to step out of your comfort zone. And I'm excited to, to hear that, you, you know, you, that Alpha has been running here, and that's been great. It's, it's gone well. And, and then I've heard that Alpha Plus is starting next term. And, uh, and I, I've, Lynn and I have been in Alpha Plus now. for We've been involved in that for a couple of years, but with that, an Alpha, and we, that was completely out of our comfort zone. And, but we thought, well, God, you want us to do this. You know what? When we, when we started to help out in Alpha, we never prayed so much. And, uh, and, I, and then I felt just personally, I just want to serve the hub just for a few months. I want to see what it's like just to help serve at the hub. And I'm totally stepping out of my comfort zone. And even on Friday as I was driving there saying, God, please help me. Please help me. Lord, protect me. Keep me. Help me. I want to be a blessing to these kids. I want to say something just right for these kids. I want to do something just right for them. And, um, and I have the sense that prayer comes alive when we understand it's about a relationship. It's about dependence on God. And it's, in, it's about involvement in His mission. Because when we're involved in His mission, our prayer life comes alive in that place. And so going back to Paul's prayer, as we just come to a close this morning, going back to Paul's prayer to the Colossians. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too. When anyone asks you to pray for them, it's because they need prayer. You know, when you ring someone and say, would you pray for me? It's because things are not quite as comfortable as you'd like them to be. I need you to pray. I've got an exam tomorrow. I need you to pray for me. I just found out that uh, I've got this sickness. I need you to pray for me. And prayer becomes alive, uh, comes alive when we need God to step in. And so um, Paul is praying, pray for us too. Pray that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it as clearly as I should. And I felt like this evening, uh, this morning, it would be great for us to, to, to pray that God would open up gospel doors, to pray like Paul was requesting, pr- to pray that a door may be opened for the gospel, whatever that is in, in Seaford, that we would get we would just be listening to God and saying, God, I pray that you would open a door for the gospel. You know, sometimes it's just the little things. It's going around to the neighbor with a bunch of flowers or with a cake that you've baked and just somehow sharing the love of God with them. Stepping out into a place uh, where, where we're just kind of feeling a little uncomfortable. But that's where God wants us. To be so, could we do that? Could we pray? So I'm going to ask the team, the band, to come uh, forward and just lead us into a song. Didn't really chat with you guys about what song, but uh, I'll leave it with you to to think that through. But I I just would love us to stand now, actually, and um, just to 
to pray just knowing that God loves it when we pray. Listen to these words in Isaiah 6. I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourself no rest. And give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her a praise in the earth. God wants us to keep pestering him in prayer. He wants us to keep coming and asking. He wants us to come to him as, as children do to their father and ask. So um, I'm going to ask the guys here just to play quietly in the background, but I'd like us to get into just small groups, just maybe ones or twos or threes. Ones would be difficult in a group, wouldn't it? <laughs> twos or threes. And, uh, and just pray and pray that God will open gospel doors. Like, pray, like Paul is requesting here, that the, the people pray that doors would open. I'd love us to step out of our comfort zone, to get with someone and pray. Now, if you're a guest here this morning, I don't want you to feel like under pressure to do that. So feel free to, to sit where you are and just observe what's going on. But if you want to be caught up in this prayer and with others praying, that God would open up a door, a gospel door, for you to step through and be involved with him in mission in Seaford. I think this is a great time to do it. So why don't we do that? Let's get into little groups and just pray for, for that to happen. Pray for opportunities to share faith, to be involved in things that are taking us out of our comfort zones and into God's comfort zone. We'll become more reliant on Him. Let's do that. Just for a few minutes and...